Good morning, everyone. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. You know, I once ate an entire pecan pie all by myself. I wouldn't recommend it, but I did it. Well, I hope you all did have a happy Thanksgiving. And I hope that each of you were able to take a moment and you thanked God for your many blessings. Kim Diaz, we serve a mighty God, don't we? A lot to be thankful for. Every one of us have a lot to be thankful for. And that is what Thanksgiving is truly about. It's about showing gratitude to God. You see, that's what the pilgrims in Plymouth were doing in 1621. It was during their second winter in America. The first winter killed 44 of the original 102 colonists. Man, things were tough. You know, at one point their daily food ration was down to five kernels of corn apiece. Then a blessing came. An unexpected trading vessel arrived, swapping them beaver pelts for more corn, providing for their severe need. Then the following summer's crops brought a little bit of hope, and Governor William Bradford decreed December 13, 1621, be set aside as a day of feasting and prayer to give thanks to God for His gracious and sufficient provision. It was all about God. President Abraham Lincoln officially set aside the last Thursday of November in 1863 as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father. You see, thanksgiving has always been about God. It was never intended to be just about food. It was never intended to be just about a long weekend, time off from work. It was never intended to be just about football. It was never intended to be a lead-in to the biggest shopping day of the year. A day people trample others for cheap goods mere hours after being thankful for what they already have. It was about giving thanks to God. It's about taking one day and truly being thankful to God for all the blessings that He provides. Now let me tell you something you may not be aware of. This concept of thanksgiving did not begin in 1621. If you read the book of Leviticus, in the Old Testament, they had what was called the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You see, an animal would be sacrificed. It would be offered up to God. But unlike most of the sacrifices that are in the Old Testament, the people would eat this sacrifice. And they would share it with their family, giving thanks to God. Sounds familiar. Now, granted, we don't have animal sacrifices to God anymore. 
like they did in the Old Testament. That stopped when Jesus Christ became our sacrifice on the cross. But if you think about it, the turkey kind of takes one for the team. Now this sacrifice of thanksgiving was willingly presented to the Lord with a heart of joy and gratitude. Giving thanks to God for all He has done and for all He was going to do. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, Whoever offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me, and I will reveal the salvation of God to whomever continues in my way. Psalm 116 verse 17 says, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Now here's the big thing. They didn't do this once a year. They didn't take one day out of the year to count their blessings and be thankful to God. They did this every day. They did it every day. Every day they showed their gratitude to God. They were saying, you are God. You are in control. You are the source of everything we have. We depend upon you. We rely on you. Thank you for the blessings now. And thank you for the blessings that are going to come. They had thanksgiving every day. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. How we can have thanksgiving every day. How we can be thankful every day. You see, the key to being is seeing. And I want you to see not only the importance of showing gratitude, but ways to recognize the incredible blessings that each one of us receive on a daily basis. Because that is truly the key to thanksgiving every day. Now listen, we may not be able to literally celebrate thanksgiving every day. That would be unhealthy. But we can be thankful Every day. And not only can we be thankful, we should be thankful every day. Colossians 3 verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see, every day we are showered with God's blessings, but very seldom... Do we personally thank God for it? You see, the problem with receiving something on a regular basis is that we start to take things for granted. We fail to recognize a blessing as a gift and then we eventually we come to expect it. We view it almost as an entitlement. God gets no glory in that. God gets no praise in that at all. You see, the opposite of thanksgiving is ingratitude. 
When you say thank you, God, you're honoring Him as your Lord. You're honoring Him as the source of your blessings. A thankful heart honors God. Man, this is something God deserves every single day from us. This is something God wants every single day from us. Not just one day, not just one day set aside for us to count our blessings and to be thankful. Not just when something amazing happens. Not just when the checking account looks good. Not just when you make the varsity team. Not just when things are going well. Not just when your health diagnosis comes back clean. Not just when a life-changing job opportunity opens up for you. You see, sometimes we get so focused on the larger blessings that we fail to recognize the smaller blessings. But often the smallest blessings in life are the greatest things to be thankful for. With that being said, here's my first point of the day. You can't let your circumstances determine your thankfulness. You can't let your circumstances determine your thankfulness. A little over a month ago, I took my son Ethan to Brown County during fall break for a few days. Man, just the two of us, guys hanging out, bonding in the elements of the wild, struggling against the forces of nature. We were roughing it in a cabin with an indoor water park within walking distance, but we were outside a bunch while we was there. Now, the first couple days were spent swimming and hiking. But on day three, we made a decision that will probably haunt my memories until the good Lord takes my final breath away. We decided to go mountain biking. Now, I'd never been mountain biking before. But I... I envisioned it as kind of a dirt-covered Cardinal Greenway. I mean, I ride that a lot. I've always enjoyed that, except for that two-month period during the clown sightings. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. There were a few times during that period I'd be riding east of Muncie, and the trees kind of start hugging the trail, and it kind of darkens the trail a little bit. I would occasionally, very cautiously, take a sneak peek back just to make sure that clown from it wasn't standing in the middle of the trail holding balloons. But for the most part, I enjoyed riding the trail, and heck, I figured mountain biking would be the same thing. So we go to a trailhead, a trailhead for the mountain bikers, and we get out, and the first thing that I notice is that everyone has really... Nice and quite durable looking bikes. Unlike the BMX bike and the yard sale special that we had. We also noticed that everyone is wearing helmets. Safety gear. 
knee pads, shoulder pads, backpacks, water bottles. My son says, why are they all dressed like that? And I'm like, because they ain't from the south side of Muncie. We don't roll like that, son. We don't need that stuff. So we start the trail. And immediately I realized that I've drastically underestimated the intensity and the danger level of this trail that was marked for experienced riders. There were dangers lurking everywhere. I mean, this trail would take you straight up, back down, around a sharp curve. Man, it was going over rocks, over trees. Just inches away from like 80-foot drop-offs behind the trail that would lead to sure death. I realized why everybody had all that safety gear on. And the worst part, the $20 rummage cell bike I had, it didn't have any brakes. It didn't have a, a brake at all on it. I wore out my sole and my left shoe trying to get stopped. Well, we finally had to stop riding and we had to start walking the bikes. We had to push them up and walk them down the steep hills. And I'm trying to guide my son along to make sure that that he's safe. And I'm thinking, this has got to be like the walking trails. It's got to be like one big circle. I mean, this is eventually going to bring me back to the truck. Five hours later, we are still on this trail. Five long hours later. There's no end in sight. Other trails have like crossed together at times, but I have no idea where to go because I left the map in the truck. Didn't think I'd need that. We are tired. We are thirsty. We didn't have water bottles like the others. I didn't think we'd need that. There is no one else on this trail at this point. And I'm starting to think it's going to get dark. We may actually be stuck out here all evening. So I made a decision that could have possibly had my man card taken away. I called the park ranger's office. (laughs) Kind of embarrassing. Lady answers... I said, we've been on this trail for five hours. We're tired. We just want to be done. Please, lady, tell me how to get off this trail. She said, do you have your map? Bless her heart. No. Left it in the truck. She said, where'd you park at? I said, I'm not really sure. I didn't really pay any attention at the time. I didn't think that would be important. She said, do you need me to send the rescue team? (laughs) I said, no. And I'm thinking, I would rather die out here, literally die out here, than to be that guy. Well, she tells me if I have a smartphone, I can download an app called Maprika. And it would show me where I'm at. It would lead me to where I need to be. So I did it. And she was right. It's a navigation device, and it showed me exactly where I was on the trails. So we followed the nearest path out, which took another 40 minutes. 
And we finally came out at the North Lookout Tower. Lord, we laid on that side of the road. I thanked God for that asphalt. We were very thankful at that point. And then I realized we were at the bottom of the mountain. And even though I didn't know exactly where I had parked, I knew I had parked up there. So we had to push the bikes up the road, and when they would go back down at times, we couldn't ride it because I had no brakes. It took another hour to get to where we were parked, which ended up being a place called Hesitation Point. I had never in my entire life been so tired. Man, I was grouchy. I was moaning and groaning and grumpy. I swore I would never ride a bike again as long as I lived. Now, I didn't share this story to make myself look like an idiot, although I'm sure that was accomplished in the telling of it. I wanted you to see how I let my circumstances determine my thankfulness. You see, I became so focused on this large picture that I was missing out. I was missing out on enjoying all the small blessings that God was giving me. I was too consumed with the idea of getting out. I wasn't taking time to recognize what God had placed before me and blessed me with that day. I mean, this happened on a Wednesday, a day I would normally be at work. But I had the flexibility to take time off of my schedule and to spend time with my son. What a gift is that? I mean, how few hours, when you think about this, how few hours in a lifetime do you get to just hang out? At an age when your son still thinks you're the greatest. Man, as people grow older, they would trade anything in the world for a moment like that. And we were doing it at one of the most beautiful parks in the country. I mean, there isn't a more beautiful place than Autumn in Brown County. What a gift. But I allowed my circumstances to determine my thankfulness. And the thing is, people do this all the time. One mishap ruins an entire day. One argument ruins a friendship. One circumstance destroys your thankfulness. Just because a situation isn't good doesn't mean that God isn't good. And the truth is, we can praise God in adversity. The Apostle Paul, guy who wrote over half the New Testament, man, this guy faced a lot of adversity. He was shipwrecked twice, stoned with rocks, left for dead. He had his friends abandon him. This is just a few of a lot of things this poor guy went through. Yet he writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. It says in all circumstances. 
We don't have to be thankful for something bad happening to our life. But we can be thankful that God is there in the midst of it. We can be thankful because we know that God is bigger than anything that we might face. In the book of Acts, there's a story about Paul. And in this story, he's on his second missionary journey, and he's accompanied by a gentleman named Silas. They're in the city of Philippi when they come across a slave girl who had a spirit in her by which she could predict the future. She was a fortune teller. Scripture says she earned a great deal of money for her owners by doing this. Well, Paul commanded by the name of Jesus Christ for the spirit to come out of her. How do you think that went over? These people just lost their income. They're not happy about this. This causes an uproar. Paul and Silas are stripped and beaten. They're then thrown into prison. Now, this is an actual prison that's been excavated in Philippi from that time frame. So it was a prison like this or could have been that one. So they're thrown in there. And in Acts 16, verse 25, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So they were just stripped and beaten and thrown into prison yet they are worshiping God in their circumstance. They are praising and thanking God, not because the circumstance is good, but because God is good. Here's an awesome part of this story. This praising, this Thanking opened up a floodgate of blessings by God. Scripture tells us God sends an earthquake that snapped their chains. The jailer and his family gave their lives to Christ and were baptized. They got their wounds bandaged and got a nice meal. And in the morning, word was sent to release them. So God was so moved by what was taking place, that he sent a blessing. And it all started not with moaning and groaning, but with praising God in a tough circumstance, in spite of the things that were going on around them, to them. Paul and Silas didn't know anything was about to happen. Heck, they would have just continued singing and praying and praising God even if nothing would have happened. You see, from their perspective, they were praising God because God is good. Second point of the day. Your perspective determines your gratitude.
Your perspective determines your gratitude. James 1, verses 16 and 17 says, Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You see, perspective is a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. It's a point of view. Your perspective is your point of view. Some of you may view this cup as being half empty, while others of you may view it as being half full. See, that's your perspective. That's the way that you look at it. And those who view this as half empty, they tend to fail to see what they have. Instead, they focus on what they don't have. They focus on what's missing, the empty part. They focus on the negative, not looking at the positive. They're not thinking how fortunate they are to have that full half. That's not crossing their mind. They're not thinking about how blessed they are that God gave them that portion. Man, they're locked in on what's missing. They're locked in on what they don't have. Think about it. What was the first sin in the garden? It wasn't the apple. The first sin in the garden was ingratitude. You see, God had given Adam and Eve this wonderful, indescribable atmosphere to live in, but they wanted something more. They wanted more. And because they wanted something other than what God gave them, they chose to sin against God. You see, whenever we want God to give us more, we're deserving of more than He's decided to give us, we start expressing our ingratitudes. Toward him. I'm telling you, the most unhappy people are the ones that have a cup half empty perspective of things. They're never thankful because they never see the things that they have in their life as a blessing. They fail to see what they have around them, they often fail to see who they have around them. They focus so much on what God hasn't blessed them with that they don't see what God has blessed them with. God gets no glory in that. God gets no praise in that. He doesn't get the thanks that He deserves. And if you're not being thankful for what you have, why would God want to bless you more? You've got to start looking at the cup as half full. That's how you need to view it. You see, the key to gratitude is to focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. That's the secret to being able to be thankful every day. To fill your heart with gratitude 
is recognizing what you have. I'm going to close by giving you a couple things to be thankful for. Now, I know that your outline in the bulletins show three things to be thankful for. I'm not taking one of the blessings away. But it was a short work week at the church office. I had to have an outline to them by Wednesday. I didn't have the teaching done by Wednesday. So this changed a little bit as I was writing. So I'm going to give you two things to be thankful for. Two blessings that we all share. Every single one of us share these blessings. We have this in common. It doesn't matter what your perspective is. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. These are two blessings out of many that we should be giving God thanks for on a daily basis. The first is where you are. Thankful for where you are. Acts chapter 17, verse 26, says, From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. See, this is something all of us should be thankful for. You know, just by living in this country, we are a million times more fortunate than the rest of the world. I'm telling you, 90% of the world would love to have your problems, much less your blessings. Man, what we fail to be thankful for would mean everything to someone else. Man, their cup would be overflowing. For instance, we take for granted having water. Take it for granted. But yet 780 million people lack access to clean water. That's one out of every nine people in the entire world. How unfair is that? Because we were all born with a silver spoon in the United States of America, we get to have unlimited access to water. Man, long hot showers, dishwashers, clothes washers, water in the toilets, bottled water, flavored water, water in the lawns, put water in your pool. All because of where we're born. And yet 4,000 children will die today because they don't have water. Are you thankful? Have you honestly thanked God for that? What about food? Man, we're a country that has an unlimited supply of food. We're an obese nation. We overeat. We struggle to decide what we want to have to eat. Yet 33% of the world's population is starving. Man, that's a third of the world. 
Every 3.6 seconds, a person will die from hunger. 1.5 million children will die every year from hunger. These are somebody's babies. But they weren't born in the United States of America. Where heck, if you can't find a job or if you don't want to get a job, you'll still be taken care of here. Government, make sure you still have food. They don't have that luxury. But have you thanked God for that? I mean, we gather here at church. Each week we worship together. We're taught from the Bible. But around the world, 100,000 Christians are killed annually because of their faith. North Korea alone, 50,000 to 70,000 Christians are forced to live in concentration camps. Being caught with the Bible is grounds for execution. And we go crazy. Somebody wants to take down a Ten Commandments plaque from somewhere. But the United States firmly supports the freedom to profess and practice one's faith. The choice to believe or not to believe is a birthright of every American. But have you thanked God for it? Man, where we are is something that every one of us can and we should be thankful for. Another reason to be thankful, who you are. Who you are. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Chris talked about Ephesians 2.10 last week. Talks about us being God's masterpieces. See, here's the problem, though. A lot of you don't see yourself as a masterpiece. You don't see yourself that way. See, when God created you, He went to great lengths to make you exactly the way that you are, which is exactly the way that He wanted you to be. Everything about you is unique. Everything about you matters. You're not ordinary. You're not average. You are all so valuable, but yet some of you don't even see it. I read a story one time about a man who lived in a tiny apartment. He died in extreme poverty. At one point in his life, he had been homeless, living on the streets. This man never had any successes to speak of, nor any noted victories. He lived and he died as just another face in the crowd. After the funeral, 
some family members went to his little rundown apartment to clear out his belongings. And they found a painting hanging on the wall, so they decided to sell it at a garage sale. The woman who bought it from the garage sale took it to a local art gallery for an appraisal and was shocked to discover that the painting was extremely valuable. You see, the piece of art that hung for so many years in this little run-down apartment was painted by a famous artist in the early 1800s. The woman decided to auction off that painting and ended up selling it for several million dollars. So just think about something. Think about how that poor man's life might have changed if he had known the value of what he possessed. He was a multimillionaire and he didn't even know it. And so many people today are living with this priceless treasure inside and they don't even know it. And here's the thing, when you don't know your value, when you don't know your value, you just go on thinking, I'm just average. I'm just not that talented. I'm not worth having someone go the extra mile for me, so I'm just going to settle. And it must break God's heart when we think we're not good enough. When we stand in front of the mirror and think that we're not valuable. You need to be thankful for where you are and you need to be thankful for who you are. Man, we have all been blessed beyond measure. It just takes a different way of thinking sometimes to see it. There was a young lady. She fell to her knees. She said, God, help me. She said, I can't handle this anymore. I'm at wit's end. I'm tired. I am stressed out. Work has me putting in long hours. My kids, they won't behave. They're driving me crazy. My husband never seems to help out with anything. Please, God, I need your help. Then she heard God whisper, which one do you want me to take away? Then she realized how thankful she was for all the things that she was complaining about. And she thanked God for her many blessings. You see, the key to gratitude is perspective. That's how you can be thankful every day. Psalm 100 verse 4 
says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let's stand and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just take this moment right now, God, to come before you, to stand before you, and just give you praise. God, I want to, we just want to give you glory right now. I want to thank you for all of our many blessings that you regularly pour out to us each day. But so many times we just take things for granted. We come to expect things. God, forgive us. Forgive us for not recognizing the things at times. Forgive us for the many times that we let our circumstances determine how gracious we are. God, allow us to be more mindful of the things you shower us with and more mindful of just your greatness at all times. And to daily offer you up our thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.